Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am joined by someone who is on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that drive growth. So coming to us from New Hampshire, USA, Mr. Casey Cheshire. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Likewise. And uh, Casey, I got to ask you, you know, before we dive right in and uh, be careful, man, because the answer will determine uh, if we're going to continue this conversation <laughs> or not. But um, do you have Thor's hammer with you? I do. I, right. I, I don't leave home without it. It's right here. <laughs> Let's see it. Right here. Here it Boom. Is. 100 points. Now, don't use Google. 100 points if you know the name of Thor's hammer. Uh, it's like, uh, God, <laughs> um, it, it's like. It's like Mira, the- Mira, Mira meal, something like that. It's like charades, right? Just keep going, keep going. God. Mjolnir. Okay. Okay. So All right. you know, I'll, I'll take that as like, that's the, I don't know how to pronounce this exotic <laughs> equipment, but you have a good pronunciation of that. So yeah, I think well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a screenshot, a grab of you saying it. Yeah. And I'll just dub that over me saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's record it, man. I'll send you the audio file. Or yes, man. Insert totally. that in there. You know, like, look, I'm just, uh, I, I just got done watching Vikings, so that's why I'm, I'm, a, you know, I've got the, I've got the Norse pronunciations down. What right? a great show! I love right? Vikings. <laughs> Perfect. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's dive in because you know this is yeah. something that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about it too. But um, today's about you, right? So, Casey, you're a successful marketer. You're a serial entrepreneur, and you have. Uh, the understatement of the year, you have an adventurous spirit, right? So let's talk about B2B conversations today, right? B2B podcasting. And uh, let's focus on the topic of how B2B marketers can use podcasting as part of their demand gen approach. So why do you think that podcasting is such an important part of the B2B marketing mix? Totally. B2B marketing is broken. It's broken. We're all playing a silly game, several silly games. And some of us know it, some of us just feel it and no one really talks about it because there's so much SaaS and there's so much industry around playing the silly game. And the first game is, Hey, notice me. I'm here, right? Know that I exist. And then it's, Hey, uh, I, I know that you know, I exist. Can you please get on the phone? And it doesn't matter how much amazing confetti we shoot out of a silly blaster gun. In the end, no matter what ABM we do or cool new marketing strategy you heard about on a podcast, you still have to play the game of please get on the phone with me. And it, even if you sent them a pair of socks that were the same color as their alma mater, they just don't want to be on the phone with you. And so it, that's the problem. And whether it's sales getting you on the phone or marketing, that's a problem. Oh, and by the way, the bonus round game is while I'm trying to get you to notice me and while I'm trying to get you on the phone, which you don't want to do, Please just ignore the competition. The competition being my competitors, the status quo, and everything else is taking up your time. So we're trying to do all these things. Meanwhile, we think we know who these people are, but we have no idea. And so the the soapbox I'm on, what I found podcasting really addresses is the fact that one, 
We don't know what the heck is going on in our customers' minds. We think we do. We have all these internal biases. I'm way guilty of this. And then two, we're all about the tech, right? I've just spent 10 years working on marketing automation and I love the technology. There's so many great things you can do with it. But in the end, it, if you don't know what your customer's biggest challenge are, you don't really know what they are and you're just kind of making guesses, all you're doing with your automation, all you're doing with all this technology is just making bad marketing a little bit worse by making it scaled to the infinite degree. So I'm just trying to get people to connect with their buyers and do some good old fashioned friend making. Like let's create relationships with people and then see if we can't help them. Can I get an amen for that? Amen for that. <laughs> totally. Man, you um you unpacked so much in those uh past couple of seconds there. I, I um, let me just go back to some of those. <laughs> let, me, let me go back to some of them. No, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, in fact, I had a couple of people on um, you know, on the show one guy like about two weeks ago, and it was something that he said, which really struck a chord. And it's going back to what you were saying. It's like people are getting so obsessed with herding prospects into that sales funnel, right? Sure. Let's just herd them as much as they can. And let's just, you know, think about the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, all the content that belongs in each of them. But, you know, in reality, do people really behave that way online? Right. Do buyers really make a decision based on all of those steps? chances are they probably don't. And yeah. and I'm sure you'll agree with me. The beauty of podcasting is, uh, you know, like what we're doing right now, we're having conversations, we're building these relationships, we're building up this rapport with people that eventually we either will work with or we will have partnerships with them or shocking, we might even become friends. Friends, right. drink some beers, have some right. fun in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's crazy is this is a very much a one-to-one -one thing, right? Yeah. I am not, I can't check yes. my email and do a podcast. No. I also, you know, I, I can't be distracted by many things. It's just you and me having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's it's like anti-scale, right? And and I know I'm guilty of this. I'm like the scale master. I, I'm all about automation. But at the same time, after so many years of that, I, I realized that it, it's kind of empty. It's kind of numbers on a page and you're just force feeding people through a system. And in the real turning point wasn't whether you use this tool or that tool. If you've done this feature or that feature, it was, do you actually know the people you're emailing? And if you know, you can use some stupid system and you can have the, the worst technology ever and you'll do just fine because you actually know who you're talking to. And I, I think there's nothing quite like having a conversation like this with an ideal customer on a podcast to find out all that information. You find out the information, you make a connection and then, wow, all the rest of your marketing is going to suddenly improve magically. Like literally by, if by magic, it's going to improve just because you had a little bit of a conversation with someone and you learned what actually keeps them up at night. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you touched on something that I'd like to go back um, to later on um, with regards to like a technology and strategy. <laughs> but before we go into that, um, talk to us and you're going to have a field day with this one. Uh -oh. Common mistakes and misconceptions when it comes to B2B podcasting and what people should do to address those. Freaking great question. Uh, and, and I've heard this a little bit. Am I too late on podcasting, right? Um, there must be, everyone has a podcast now, right? Any guesses? I don't, I don't know if you've seen the stats. Any guesses, Christian, how many podcasts? You can round to the nearest million if you'd like. Um, just just in general? like Yeah, like how many podcasts, podcasts around the, the world? world? Oh, over two million, close to three. 
Yep, it's right about two million. Yeah. Mm. You know, ra- we round to millions that like because mm-hmm. we're friends, you know. So sure. it's like it's about two million, right? <laughs> yeah. Now there's these little things called blogs. I don't know if you've heard of blogs. I think we've all heard of blogs at this point. But you know, there was a period of time in the last decade where you had to really beat down the door to get some of the older executives to understand that this search thing is a real deal right. and you can get all of your business from it. So we really need to have fresh content. We need to have thought leadership. Let's do a blog, right? Any guesses on how many blogs there are out there in the world? Oh, I looked this one up. Wait, hang on a second. 60 mil? Times 10, 600 million, <laughs> right? So when you think of, okay, I must be a late adopter with podcasts. No, you're early, man. Mm. You're, you're er, not, but not so early that it's like you and Joe Rogan being silly in the basement. No, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, right? And so sure. there's a good, a good um, setup of it. And hey, it, it's a good time right now to get into that where you're not behind. You're also not super trailblazing. There's a lot of people who have proven this before. So it's like that perfect time. And I've experienced this before. I, it was almost almost 20 years. I, got, I don't know how many years ago this was. I was a little marketing coordinator at a company. And my VP of marketing came to me and said, there's this thing called Twitter. I want you to go and sign up for it. And I'm like, what the hell is Twitter? Okay, boss. You know, I didn't say it like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I signed up for it. And I found out later that I was in the group of the 19 millionth users. Like you can look it up. You can actually look what user number you are. And I was in the group of 19 million, which sounds like a lot compared to these podcasts. Well, now there's something like 227 million users of Twitter, plus or minus, depending on who's the president, right? So there's a lot more um, users now. So that same feeling I have with Twitter is the feeling I'm having with podcasts. It, there's not too many of them. There's there's only a few of them, actually, technically speaking to what things are happening. And, and the final thing, the, sort of the cherry on top is, I. quick question, do you have Netflix? I do. You do? I do too. Mm-hmm. And I found out recently that more people listen to podcasts than watch Netflix. And You're I just kidding. assumed that Netflix was something that everyone had because how mm-hmm. else can you chill if you don't have Netflix, right? right. <laughs> you got to have it. So if you don't have it, what are you doing? Maybe yeah. you're Huluing and something else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, more people listening to podcasts now um, than Netflix. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing. It's here, but it's still early. So it's like now's the time. It's like a good early point where it's like time to get in. So that whole idea of like, oh, I'm too late, the, the the ship already sailed, or maybe I'm too early. It's like, no, you're at the perfect time to adopt this new thing. And in one of the stories I think would really help illustrate this is I had a good friend who um, is great sales leader. And mm-hmm. he um, re- recently started working for a, a, a new SaaS startup. And he, he pinged me and we had a little conversation on the phone. He's like, hey, this is what we do. We're going after CIOs and we're, we're selling this kind of tech software and does X, Y, and Z, right? And he's like, what do you think it would take to get the attention of these CIOs and like interviews with them, you know, like sales calls and stuff with them? And, and I had two thoughts in my head simultaneously. And the first one was my old school traditional marketer mentality that we've all, everyone, I'm sure everyone listening to this, we've all experienced, which is what the company's been a part of. Okay, I'm going to do a massive run on all the events. We're going to have a huge booth. We're going to try to attract as many people as we can. We're going to spend money on this thing. CIOs are not easy to get to. So we're going to get all the people on their staff and hopefully we eventually bubble it up to them. And, you know, they're not doing PPC ads per se. So we have to do a lot of heavy lifting to make us look like a brand that maybe in a year or two they'll actually have heard of 
And they might actually check us out one day if the need arises, right? But in my mind, I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to, you know, he didn't ask me to join that company or whatever, but in my mind, I'm like, do I want to help do this? And I was like, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Well, it sounds like a ton of money too, right? A ton of money, you know? And it's not my money or you're like, oh. we're giving it to the events and all these other things, all to try to get the attention. And that old school mentality just sounds mm. expensive. It just sounds like a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. Right. And you wonder why marketers get bounced from companies and all that. It's because this is, it's a heavy lift and it's nothing's really guaranteed. But then I thought back to all of the podcasting that I've done and some that I've, you know, we've helped some clients out with theirs. And one of the most magical things you can do is you can literally invite your ideal customer profile to be a guest on your show. And while they say no to that game we talked about earlier, the notice me game, and they say, I don't, I don't care to notice you. I don't care to be on the phone with you. It's amazing how their super tight schedules where there's no availability opens up like a flower. If you're inviting them on your show to feature them, right? So when you make it about someone else, it's amazing how much time opens up. And then they're they're all about it. And so what's crazy about that is in the contrast, if I was trying to reach all these CIOs, I know I could create a, a CIO podcast. And yes, there are many of them and there'd be one more. And I would invite all the CIOs that were ideal customer profiles for this particular startup to be on the show. Are they all going to accept? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but many will. And I, I, pretty sure I could have an interview within a week or two, depending on their schedules. Right. And so it's like, wow. I, and not only would we have, we'd have an interview with them, but they'd be on the show. They would, they would absolutely by the end of the, the prep call on the show, know what this company, this new company does. Right. So the brand would be clear in their minds because they can't not know after being in this process. And then guess what? We might actually have a great relationship with them and we'll know all the challenges that they're facing right now, like triple win. And yeah, and like a mere fraction of the cost. It's crazy. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I love it. But um, there was something you said earlier on um, when you started giving your answer, which uh, which uh, really struck a chord with me. And it's uh, going back to that whole, in this world of um, endless supply, in this sea of sameness, how are you going to stand out? Because if everybody's trying to do the same thing that you're doing, well, how do you get your prospects to remember you, right? Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. I guess the first part is everybody isn't trying to do this right now. Right. With only 2 million, and that includes all the fun people too, and the people just doing it for giggles. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a cigar podcast, if anyone's interested, right? Okay. That counts in the number. So it's not like there's a lot of competition in the B2B world. A lot mm-hmm. of B2C folks super competitive there. But what's interesting is the difference on the B2B side. This is where the magic is. In the B2C world, you need a huge audience because a percent of them will go to your CBD store and buy your product, right? In the B2B world, it actually doesn't even matter if you have an audience because most importantly is the relationship between you and the guest. Like if no one listens to this show, and I know actually a lot of people do, but if no one did, the benefit is, man, we chatted and we're probably going to do business together and maybe got a friendship and we got some beers we're going to make happen in Toronto or New Hampshire or Boston, right? And so if, if you look at it from that perspective, you, you are guaranteed a win every single week with a new potential customer, right? You're guaranteed. It's happened. It's not like, you know, we have to play the funnel game and maybe some will trickle through. You will just literally create a connection. Now, will you be besties with everyone? No. But, but what's different is in the B2B world, 
there isn't competition it because it's literally you as a unique host inviting that guest and that's a unique combination have they been on another show if they've been on another show they're actually more likely to be on your show it's actually easier to get someone and that CIO or that VP of marketing or head of IT has been on two other podcasts, guarantee they're going to be on your show because they've already been through it. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. It, it almost sounds like um, it's a modern form of relationship building. Kind yeah, of, amen, right? man. That's it. <laughs> totally. You know, there's a great dude up in uh, Toronto that uh, two great dudes, right? You and this guy oh, are you. my two favorites <laughs> in Toronto. Um, and uh, Dan Sullivan is his name. I don't know if, okay. if you've heard of him or, what, yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, rings a bell. Strategic coach, mm-hmm. cool program. He he teaches some great coaching classes and and basically teaches companies how to grow even faster. And one of the things he brings up is about asking the right questions of your customers. He hasn't connected this to podcasting just yet, but his quote is: "Everyone's competing for your attention. No one's competing to give you attention." Right. So. To your, to your earlier question around, isn't there so much competition? There is if you're trying to take that game where we're saying, notice me, I want to steal your attention. Get on the phone. I want to steal your time. There is competition with everything, even with you know that exec's family who wants them to be home early so they can go drive the kids to the Chick-fil-A, right? So there's like, everything's competing for the attention. But if you're giving attention, very few people do that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um Talk to us about a challenge that you and your team have managed to solve in the past 12 months. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Probably a few. <laughs> well, I, I think we, we've done a lot of work with marketing teams. And okay. even if we say we've had this conversation about the connection, I think sometimes our teams are are thinking of this method as content creation. And I got to be honest, that's why I started my podcast in the first place, you know, three or four years ago, whatever it is, I just thought, hey, I need thought leadership. I need to create a bunch of stuff. I don't have the time to write it. Let me just speak it and talk to some great people and learn from them. 100% that happens, right? You will have gobs of content. And I know I'm speaking to the choir. Uh, you have just so much content that can come from one hour podcast. I spoke to uh, Amber Khan. I don't know if you know Amber. I introduce you if you don't know her. She's this badass chick in the UK um, who keeps inviting me to go base jumping. She is like super cool. Um, and she has a group called the Repurpose Den. And in the, her whole point is take a thing like a podcast or some kind of recording and let's repurpose it. And let's turn it into other kinds of content. And on the podcast together, she was like, it can turn into a million things. And I was like, okay, okay, hold on. How many can it really turn into? And I like had her stop and start listing them out. And I got my little check marks out and I made like a little tick mark every time she said a kind of content that could come from a one hour interview, like what we're doing. And any guesses how what she got up to? How many different kinds of things could be created? Like uh, as in different forms of content, right? Yeah, different uh, forms of content across social and written and all that stuff. 20, 30? Yeah, yeah double 20. that, 41. She got to wow. 41. And- and, you know, if people go listen to the episode, you'll hear her just go, 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 go and list them all uh-huh. out. Um, and yeah, and not that you even need 41 pieces of content, especially because that comes from just one show. And if you're doing a weekly show, sure. that's what, 41 times 52? Like, you don't need that much content. Yeah, that's um, a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a lot a, of content, right? That's a boatload, but, yeah. But the the capability is there. And so content will be handled. But a lot of people think in terms of ROI of any kind of... In, 
rightly so. So ROI of a podcast, is it the content? Well, yes, you can, you can get rid of that content function, not the people and the company, but I'm saying you can get rid of the larger spend. Like if you're, if you're outsourcing it somewhere um, and then you still need smart people to be able to repurpose it for sure. But then really the focus and the ROI is not going to come from the content as much as it comes from that guest. Right. And so if you even have a mix where most of your guests are ideal customers, some of your guests are just great for content, then you track the heck out of that pipeline and you're going to have direct um, ROI straight from a podcast. And what we like to do is the, the groups we work with is, and we do all the math with you, but we, what we like to do is, is work it out so that all we need is one of your guests to become your customer and it pays for the services we do when we produce the podcast and all that it pays for the whole year. So all you need is of your 52, you just need one of those conversations to turn into new business and it paid for the whole thing. And then essentially the other 51 conversations are your ROI to keep, right? So it's like, and, and who doesn't convert, you know, friends. And, and there's a really cool quote uh, from Zig Ziglar and it's, if people like you, they'll listen to you. And if they trust you, they'll do business with you. And a podcast addresses right. both. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you read my mind there, man. Did I? Yeah, no, That's because awesome. like, you know, we get the, you know, we always get the ROI question, don't we? Like, especially when yeah. it comes to podcasting and like, and, and I've heard this um, this before, and I'm sure you have as well, all this nonsense about, well, don't you count the number of downloads and the number of followers and subscribers? And, you know, how do you how do you justify all of that? And uh, to which all I say is, um, well, those are vanity metrics, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. And that's just my opinion. Other people might disagree with me, but it's it's going back to what you just said. It's totally. uh, yeah, it's 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 that relationship building. It's those relationships and those connections that you then make because it's um, something a, a, a mentor of mine here in Toronto keeps saying. It's uh, he's Scottish, so he says shoe leather. <laughs> it's shoe leather, right? It's oh, like geez, that's awesome. You're building, you're building this loose network, which then becomes, you know, it, it widens like a net, right? Yeah. You just think about those old telecom commercials from the '90s, where you know the the, the globe lights up. Yeah, it's kind of like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you no, know, it's so true about the vanity metrics. Mm. Now, if people are confused, that's because in the B two C podcasting world, it's true. Yeah. Your vanity metrics will, will be what gets you the sponsorships. Sure. But in the B two B world, it's it's actually more of a micro segmentation strategy or micro nano segmentation strategy, however you want to call it. The idea is not how many people do we have, but how many of a certain kind do we have? And one of my favorite examples of this is there's um, a, a type of person that works in the U.S. government um, called a contracting officer, and they do all the purchasing for the U.S. government. seems like a neat job, but somehow we end up paying like 20 bucks per pencil. So I don't know exactly how that works out, but I know there's, there's several hundred of these people. Let's say 800 of these people. Um, U.S. government contracting officers. They help the government buy. Well, there's a podcast called U.S. government contracting officer podcast, right? Not a very creative no. name, but if <laughs> oh, you're <really>? a contracting <laughs> officer, yeah, you know precisely that that shows for you. Yeah, and so, um, and guess what? They listen to it, hmm. and the, and a majority of them listen to it because. Who else would make a podcast just for them? Yeah. That is their niche, right? That's them. But there is a line out the door of giant military and government contracting folks who would love to win 
a million dollar contract. Sure. Who wouldn't mind spending a little couple thousand here and there to advertise on a podcast to hopefully influence that contract down the road? Yeah. Yeah. And no, they don't need absolutely. to have thousands of people listening. Just a couple hundred of the right people listening makes them worth sponsoring. And actually, they actually I learned recently they stopped getting sponsorships because all they're doing is funneling the attention from that podcast into business for a company behind that, which is a consulting company teaching those big companies how to win contracts with the government, right? Ah, so it's a perfect there you go. channel yeah. for them, just like it is for anyone else. Well, exactly. And it's going back to what you said earlier about like, uh, you know, targeting CIOs. Well, how many CIOs do you need? Right, right. right. Like to be listening to your podcast. I mean, do, do you need 100,000 CIOs or will 5,000 do? Right. Yeah. Or even smaller than 5,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5, <laughs> if I told you I had 100 CIOs in the healthcare space listening mm. to this podcast, there's some legs to that, right? Oh, yeah. Because because it's a combination of do I have a concentration of a particular kind of person, but also how hard is it to build a list of those people and how hard is it to contact them? Mm -hmm. And back to you know the CIO thing, if if I had a podcast that reached CIOs, there's a lot of people that are like, we've been trying really hard to reach them. We've been spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the events, like the ideas at the very beginning. And if you have this list for them, that's why a lot of people are even creating podcasts just to reach those people so they can sell sponsorships to other folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Okay, we're going to go back to what I was saying earlier, because, you know, you touched on, um, I believe it was like, you know, technology and what kind of tools and yeah. a lot of marketers get caught up in that. And even when it comes to podcasting, um, but talk to us about the importance of like not focusing too much on the tech, but focusing instead on your strategy. Like there's yeah. going to be a strategy behind all of this, right? So totally. Yeah. You know, my new thing is connect before tech. Right connect before tech and you can hashtag me, whatever you want to do, connect before tech. And, and it might sound her like heresy from someone who just spent like decades geeking out. And like for a while, they're calling me Mr. Pardot because I couldn't shut up about it. You know, and anyone, any grandma on the subway, I'd be like, do you have marketing automation? I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it felt like everyone I talked to, it was like all about marketing automation. So I, I, I hear you. It, there's some very exciting things that marketing automation can do. I still love the tools. I love the technology. I mean, the fact that you can have dynamic content, change your website based on the segment your, your buyer is in. So they feel very tailored. Like there's so many magical things you can do and, and shortening the forms based on what you already know about someone. Good stuff. The problem that I've seen, and I've helped like literally over 3000 groups implement these tools and the problem was never the tools even if you're migrating from something else right that was that was another game or maybe this new tool will help me do this better no it's not it's not that's not going to be the fix the new tool now there are some pretty bad ones out there i'll give you that but by and large is not the tool it's just that to your point you're missing the strategy and very early on we create we create this roadmap it's in my book uh it's just on amazon it's called marketing automation unleashed and there's a roadmap. There's 10 steps to maximizing marketing automation. And 
and I made the price super low. So anyone can just go grab it. Right. So it's go get it and just use that. It's all strategies, but the, the early strategies, it's all the number one is know your buyer and segmentation, right? Because we're just blasting all these emails at people. We're not segmenting our buyers. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their pain is. Yeah. I had one time had coffee with a buyer, uh, with a, a prospect um, of, of a company I was at. And in five minutes, I learned something eye-opening, earth-shattering that totally explained to me why they acted the way they acted, but also what they were trying to drive and who their customer really was and what the problem. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I know exactly what to do now. I also know exactly what to say to get their attention. And all I needed was five minutes. And so I think the challenge that we're dealing with now is the tech is really good. Right. And so you need the strategies for sure. And the number one strategy on this roadmap, you'll see it on there is like, get to know your buyer, build out some buyer personas. Do we even know what that is? And there's a lot of tech companies out there telling us what they think they are, um, but they're selling us marketing software. So we got to be really careful about what people are telling us to do. So number one, we got to connect with our buyers beforehand. But this brings up the, the real problem, which is why haven't we, we already done that? And that's because it's kind of hard in marketing. We're kind of shy. Like we're not shy at Dreamforce. I get that. But at the same time, we're not sales, right? If we were sales, we'd be like, yeah, I mean, just call up. I'm just going to call up customers and they're going to reject me and I'm going to be okay with that because I'm sales, right? Marketing, we tend to be, ah, we're a little bit more in our heads about things. We're great at metrics. We're great at process. We're great at all these things and creative. But when it actually comes to being on the phone with someone, like, what do we say? What do we do, Right. So I had the great privilege of talking to Adele Ravella. She wrote the book, Buyer Personas. Um, you should totally have her on your show if you haven't already. Um, and she schooled me live on the air. Um, I was drinking some HubSpot Kool-Aid about what a persona was. I was completely wrong. And she helped me see what a persona is and also how to get it, what kind of questions to ask. And really, you just take someone back to the process of when they, the need first arose to get, to get some kind of solution, what was happening? Tell me like what triggered the need to, hey, we need to go get this software. We need to go get this service. And then she just walks people forward, right? So that aside, you can go check her out. She's amazing. Her book, Buyer Persona is amazing. But we just lacked a few things in marketing. We lacked what questions to ask because that makes us really nervous. The second thing is, how do I get them on the phone, right? And sometimes we can get them on the phone to ask them to do a case study. Not everyone wants to do a case study. We don't even know if there's a case to study just yet when we're getting on the phone, right? We, what is it? So we need some kind of device that allows us, just like a networking event makes it okay to say hello to a perfectly, perfectly good stranger. They don't think you're trying to harass them or pick them up or anything. They're just like, hi, nice to meet you, right? Just as we get that acceptance and those kind of things, marketing needs something to have a conversation. And I found that a podcast does that. Because again, you're honoring your customer. No one says no to that. You have to worry about rejection. You know, we're, we're not in sales. We don't want to get rejected. You're not going to get rejected. We're inviting them to tell about how awesome they are on this show. And that for me was the bridge. Uh, you know, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't want to call this person. What do I say? Are they going to be happy? Nope. But yet I've podcasted with almost 300 people now because I make it about them. And so the, the combination of having some questions from Adele and then having a, something to get on the phone and a podcast will do that. Put those two together. And now you have your roadmap for getting that first strategy, which is understanding your customer. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Right. 
Wow. Uh, I mean, hammer drop, right? Hammer, yeah, drop. hammer drop, hammer drop. Yeah. Forget the mic drop. I'm like hammer, right? drop, man. That's uh, ha- hammer time. Um, now let me, let me just backtrack here, man. There were so many things that you brought up, which I thought were, I mean, worth, uh, worth repeating. So for example, like, you know, about getting to know your buyers and developing that buyer persona and not like coming up with personas like frustrated Fred, right. Who, who likes, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, marketing that, that, Mary, Hey, that, that, that belongs in the history books. Um, yes. But I would also argue that besides coming up with your buyer personas, also think about your anti-personas. So who are yeah. who's, who is not a who is not a right fit for what you do or what you provide, right? So that's one. The other one was um, and and you broke uh, you know you broke it down so beautifully. This um, a little bit of a disparity between marketing and sales, and why marketing sometimes they just rely a little bit too much on sales, and sales is a little bit reticent to let marketing talk to the customers and, and and so forth. And granted that it differs from one company to another, but I think it's really important for marketers to talk to the customers and to actually understand what it is they're going through. Because you know, you've know you seen that before, man. You read, you read some of the content out there and it's very clear if that person has ever talked to a customer or not. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, the fun thing is you can literally drop those buyer persona questions straight from Adele mm. right into your podcast script. Yeah. So that every single guest you ask them, one of my favorite questions is what keeps you up at night? What's yeah. the, ch- the challenge you're really wrestling with right now? Yeah. And Absolutely. then out comes a challenge that your customer is wrestling with. And maybe yeah. you can help them off, off the call, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you have a resource you can send them. Yeah. Or just now you know that of the 100 ideal customers you've talked to, 70 yeah. of them have the same problem. Maybe we should address that. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, you brought up, I, I think it's a key word, help them. Don't yeah. pitch them. Help yeah. them. Right? Absolutely. It's true. It's true. Like you, you could, you know, with great power mm-hmm. comes great responsibility. Yes. You could use this to just get people on the phone yeah. and then you could abuse it and try to sell them. And then that's not so good. It's the same no. thing happens to people that are on LinkedIn that connect and then they try to spam you right after you connect. I block instantly those people and they've oh, yeah. lost the connection. They can never yeah. get back because essentially when you're blocked on LinkedIn, you're like dead to the business world. So it, it's like not a good thing. The, the people that abuse it, it's very clear. In fact, it's so clear that you can even sniff it out early on. I've, I've received LinkedIn notes from people saying, Joy, I can't wait to talk to you. Join my podcast. Fill out this form. Here's a link. You're like, what kind of, what is this? It doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel about me. It feels about you when you do it that way. Well, absolutely. Or or, or they just shower you um, with some, what, what I call fake love. Um, like I, I got one a couple of months back where um, somebody wrote to me, like I, I viewed your profile and I was shocked by your excellence. <laughs> and i was like okay i I might be i I, let's see where this goes and i wrote back well what shocked you so much about my profile (laughs) i love that you know what um you should you should add this to your your social tagline now Mm -hmm. uh shockingly excellent (laughs) i think that's i think that's you I was really tempted. I was really tempted to do that, Casey. Except that my a friend of mine, another guy in Toronto, wrote a a post the next day saying he got exactly the same message, and everybody chimed in, "Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too." So I didn't feel that special anymore. (laughs) Uh, One of one of three hundred people that is shockingly excellent. Yeah, shockingly excellent. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. It it, it was fun while it lasted. It was. It was. It was good (laughs) until the bubble burst. Exactly, Casey. We get to the part of the conversation where. 
we need something actionable. And yeah. let's appreciate that, you know, a lot of the stuff that you do, it doesn't happen overnight. There's no sure. app that you can download and then presto, you know, you get all these instant results. But there are some small steps you can take, right? Yeah. So what can B2B marketers do right now to use podcasting as part of their demand gen approach? What are totally. like what, what are some quick wins? What should they be focusing on? How do we get started, right? Three things. Who, what, ask. Who? Who do you want to talk to? Who is your ideal customer? And this kind of thing brings up a question of, do you actually know who your ideal customer is? And I'll be the first to tell you, I've interviewed people and I've asked them this question a million times. It's not easy to come up with an ideal customer profile. ICP, yeah, ABM people sling that around like it's easy peasy. It's not. So I understand that. So sometimes you just need to know before something like a podcast, which is a very direct, I mean, you're literally going to ask people on an individual basis to come be on your show. So you should know who those people are, right? So developing that ICP, there's some great resources for it all over the place, but who do you want to talk to? Who's your ideal customer? And it's okay if you don't know, but it's worth struggling with the answer for a little bit. Worked with a great company or working with a great company and their podcast is doing absolutely fantastic. They've been doubling doubling up, even talking to as many people as they can. When they first came in, they thought their, their buyer was one particular role in a large enterprise. And, and they, they, they thought there was three different people that were involved in the buying process and that this one was key. They found out from interviewing all of them that none of those people were the ones actually driving the sale. In fact, there was this fourth mysterious, really? the fourth element, right? That was mysterious. Yeah. And it was, it, and it's a classic role that's in all these enterprises, mm. but they found out that's actually the role. They started inviting those people on and then, then their pipeline just started filling up. But they use this as a way to find out who's the ideal person to talk to. But at least they were talking to the ideal companies at the time. So one, one thing to think about with, with podcasting, the cost of acquisition is not cheap, right? This is not like a, a, a 10 cent, not that we have 10 cent clicks anymore, right? We're not that, that, that shows how old we are. This is not a dollar, $3 click here. This is not a a white paper, but a lot of these people you're trying to reach aren't doing that anyways. You're just getting their team. So this is this is a couple hundred dollar thing. So you don't want to shoot low and be conservative. You want to go for the whales. Mm. Who would be your dream 100 clients to have? You don't have them now, but they would be absolutely fantastic. You would put them on the footer of your website. You would be tickled pink to have them speak on your behalf. It's the next big industry event. Who are those people, right? So who's your ICP? And then who are the biggest, baddest ones you could possibly dream of getting? These people would be the ones you will invite on a podcast. Um, so th that's who. So figure out who you want to talk to. Then what? Then the next one is what? What do you want to ask them? What are you going to say? What kind of things do you want to learn from them? It's all about learning from them because they're the they're the rock star in your show. Your show is not about your expertise and your industry and and what you do. And arguably, if they were going to be asked questions about your stuff and they were good at it, they would need you. So don't you don't want to ask them questions that put them in a bad light. So that's why you'd want to bring them on your a show that's around the general topic and, and there's something they can knock out of the park, right? So you want to put them in a good light. What could you learn from them? What are the strategies that they're doing that make them the best CMO, the best CTO, um, the best CEO? Get the CEOs. They love to talk on podcasts, right? So what are the things you want to ask them? This ties into Adele Ravella, buyer personas. What are those questions? Even three or four. She she mentions them on the podcast in her book. Go, go get it. But like, 
there's just a few questions that you could just slip in the middle of your podcast, right? You put them in a good light at the beginning, then midway through, you ask them some challenging questions like, what are your challenges? And tell me about this story and that story, right? So what do you want to say? You don't have to know the perfect answer, right? You don't have to have the perfect questions. A lot of them evolve over time. If you go back and listen to my episode number one, I had no idea what I was doing. I don't even have video for it because go to meeting, drop the video on me. Thanks, go to meeting, right? So it's like, I didn't know what I was doing, but yeah. you will evolve over time. Yes. Then the, the final thing from who, what is asked, ask three of them, right? Get your list of 100 uh, ideal whales, ask three of them to be in a podcast that doesn't exist yet. Now, a quick tip, typically when we're working with a group, we're going to have them invite their favorite customers and partners as their first couple guests on our show. But whether you invite those people or three people from that, that whale list, either way, ask a couple and, and, and make it sure it's clear in your invite that you want to learn from them and that they're the one that impresses you. And this has nothing to do with your, your stuff. Don't pitch, don't sell, don't anything about yourself. You're just literally trying to honor them. Ask three, ask four, see what responses you get from people. Um, and you'll be surprised. And that will typically give you that, that, that courage to say, actually, this is pretty interesting. And, you know, and record it on Zoom. Don't worry about the technology. That'll eventually catch up. Don't worry about super crazy microphones. There's just a couple good ones you need to get, right? But just, just start. And I have a good friend named Chris Kremitzos. Um, and he has this thing called PodFest, which is all about podcasting. But one of the things he has is a book that says Start Ugly is his book, Start Ugly. So it's like, don't worry about it. Just have a conversation. It doesn't matter all the trappings. If you have a red curtain behind you, the fact is, is you're giving someone attention. Remember, that's the game with no competition. No one else is giving them attention. You're giving them attention all about them, and they'll be so thankful for it. Man, that was such solid advice. But let, let me just go back to uh, something that you said earlier about inviting, uh, you know, your ideal customers onto the show and making it about them and not yeah. you. It's 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 amazing to see how many podcasts there are out there that is just all about the host, and it's just yeah, the there host. are some of those, yeah. yeah there's there's, there's <laughs> some of those, right? And but if you turn that around, like what you were saying, right, and just give the Give the guests the airtime that they rightfully deserve. I mean, like, like, look at our conversation, right? I am asking you for 40 to 45 minutes of your time. I better make it worth your while, right? And ask you questions about your area of expertise that will, you know, let other people know that you are the expert in this respective field. I mean, that that for me is the way to go. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it, the opposite approach would be I'm selling Facebook retargeting tech. And I'm going to yeah. ask Casey about that. And it's like, I, I have a, a broad, somewhat vague mm -hmm. working definition of that. And I would yep. probably hire a vendor to help me fix that. Exactly. So asking me about that does not feel good. And, nope. and really you want them leaving the podcast feeling like, Hey, I am pretty special. I, I kind of knocked that out of the park. I answered some great questions mm. and, and they actually cared about the answer. And that's the other yeah. thing, you, you know, you're doing it right. Is if, as the host, you care about the answer. And if you don't, you need to stop, you know, and ask yeah. a different question. Absolutely. Um, but it's not about placating your audience. It's about really no. genuinely learning from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You brought up some of these things, um, you know, at the beginning of the conversation, but what do you think is a major challenge that B2B podcasting is facing right now? We kind of just addressed it, but the, the big one that I thought about beforehand for this is, I mean, it's not, it's not the numbers. It's not the tech. Mm -hmm. It literally is not making it about ourselves. 
Um, and I have worked with a couple people. We always ask them their goal at the beginning and it's okay if you're not sure and we'll help you figure it out. Uh, but really the goal should be ROI and, and direct revenue from my guests, number one. And then content can be a great one. Uh, brand can be a great one. But we once had someone who said, I want to be more famous. And we didn't know any better. So we took really? them on, but we found that's actually not a good goal. If you imagine oh. that, not a good mm. goal for your podcast is to be more famous because yeah. that's that's relative speaking. Mm. And then also um, it kind of, you can't help but convey that it's actually about you when, I mean, okay, the show's about you then. You want to be famous mm. and it just, it doesn't work. And so just like, you know, like modern SEO has, has got to the point where you just write good content. You just make good content. Yeah. yeah, there's a few things you do to make sure you're not blocking spiders on your website, but by and large, yeah. you know, it's just good, write good content and get shared socially and you don't have to worry about it too much, right? Mm. There's some extra levels you can get to in the B2C front, but like you don't have to stress over it and try to cheat the system. You just do good. I mean, that's what they wanted anyways. Same thing happens here. You don't have to stress about it. If you just generally make it about them, you're good. So that's the that's the real challenge, I think, is, is that tied to also just understanding that it's all about the guest and that's where the ROI comes from. And people don't quite know how to put this. I just did a webinar on ROI from podcasting and mm -hmm. and, and I had to like label it out and yeah. put it into columns and categories that you would expect in any marketing automation software so you can understand, oh, okay, you invested this, it turned into this. And it's totally possible. It's just yeah. it's just not what you think. It's not the content. It's not the, it's the conversations. And then, you know, you mentioned earlier, actually, about the audience. Um, and, it, and I used to joke, it's like icing on the cake because mm -hmm. icing's good. Um, but honestly, icing is usually better than cake. So I don't know if that metaphor really holds up. Um, but what I found is that... Um, initially it's it's not about the audience you're always thinking about the audience because because you care as a host and also um as a show but initially even if no one listened right we talked about how it's that relationship with the guest is fantastic i once had a, a guest uh, mention next time she was up in new hampshire she was she was going to come hiking with her friends and she's like hey next time i'm up with my friends we go hiking come with us i was like that sounds great. Um, let's have adventure. Let's do this. So like, that's fantastic. Um, but, but what's interesting is eventually the audience grows and it's very organic because uh, who, who shares it? The guest shares. It. If you put the guests in the best light and they look like an expert, it makes them look good. Um, on my show, one of the most popular episodes is not the famous book authors, they're kind of full of themselves sometimes, you know, the famous people, not none of those people, none of the super social media influencers. It's a, it's a VP of sales from Texas who found that he felt like he rocked his interview so well and it put him in such a good light. I had a good time talking to him. He's a really good guy. And you can tell he cares about his, his customers. And that came through on the, on the interview. And so now every time he sells a deal, he says, before you buy from me, I need you to go listen to this. And if you like what you hear and you agree that that's the kind of person you want to work with, let's work together, right? So he's doing that to everyone. Imagine the brand exposure and the exposure to, to my brand that I get from this person saying, check out this podcast, right? None of the episodes can touch him. I always tease everyone else saying, oh, a little bit more, you can beat him, but they can't beat him because he puts it out there because it puts him in a good light, right? So eventually people like this bring in an audience and then every, every guest brings along their their tribe, big and small, and then some of those people will stay. So over time, and I, and I know that you know your yours has grown, I'm sure from this this way as well, 
over time, you just, you have a, a large following. And then eventually you get these amazing messages that are so amazing on LinkedIn. Um, Christian, I'm sure you've gotten these too, where people are like, I've listened to your podcast and I love yeah. it. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. It's, um, it's extremely encouraging. And um, I, I think another thing, which I, I think is really great is if somebody reaches out to you, and I'm sure you've gotten this as well, Casey, when they say, I've listened to your podcast and that one episode was great because I was actually looking for the answer to that question. Yeah. I was okay. thinking about how to address that challenge. And the guy, you, the, the guest that you interviewed last week, he answered it for me. So thank you. Right. And that means that. that means more to me than, you know, all, all the the downloads and the uh, the subscriptions. right? So. Yeah. You know, and that's a great point. I would encourage everyone listening right now to pull up LinkedIn, send Christian a message, because I can't tell you how amazing that feels. And, um, and also rate the podcast, definitely go and do yeah. that too. Um, it's just, it's just those things. You don't need to pay for this. He's not asking for any money or anything. He's just doing this because he wants to learn and learn with you. So if you could all just send him a note, um, that would, I know that'd be in the world to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be much appreciated. Of course. Yeah. And Casey, as expected, man, this was an awesome conversation. So thanks so much for your time. Um, quick intro to yourself and how folks out there can get in touch with you. Sure, sure. Casey Cheshire, nice to meet you all <laughs> after this whole, <laughs> whole whole chat. My email is Casey at ringmaster.com. Ringmaster.com is our address. We launch podcasts for B2B companies. We have a lot of fun doing it. We geek out on it, but it's all about driving revenue. So we're very focused on that. Um, you can definitely check out my podcast. I've mentioned this a few times, the, the fact that there is one. It's called the Hardcore Marketing Show. Mm -hmm. And the core is spelled like the Marine Corps, Marine Corps, not like the Earth Corps. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure there'll be a link in the notes or whatnot. So yeah, Absolutely. check that out. And of course, Adele Ravella is a beautiful, fantastic person uh, to check her out. And that book I mentioned on Amazon is Marketing Automation Unleashed. Mm, fantastic. Fantastic. Casey, it was an absolute pleasure, sir. Take Likewise, care. my friend. No, you're really good at this. I can tell there's there's podcasting and then there's podcasting and, and i think <laughs> anyone listening to you and this podcast already has a good example a great example of how they should do their podcast right you learn from hearing it and and this is a perfect example of what someone else's podcast could be in their particular niche or industry thank you thank you once again it was great to having you on the show and uh take care uh stay safe and um talk to you soon Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.